0: Everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenue, benvenuti, and welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode number 81, and we have a great episode as always for you guys tonight. We are talking Champions League football. We got a lot of games to cover there. We have a lot. This is going to be a great weekend for football. Actually, we have a, a lot of really big matches coming up, and. We're gonna be talking about uh, Diego Maradona as well, and joining me, as always, is my good friend Mel Irmao, the real king of Milano, Rui Pereira. Rui, how are you doing
1: tonight? Fantastic, as always, Joe. Thank you once again for a great uh, introduction, Joe. You know you're on. You've been on the money lately. Not every week, but I really have been. But yeah, man, uh, great introduction. Uh, just the you know, I guess it's like the Thanksgiving hangover, just like that <laughs> coma <laughs> that everybody that that everyone's in uh the day after Thanksgiving now it's just like eating leftovers and everything like that It's just uh thanksgiving part two, if you would yeah, how you know, are you, how
0: was your Thanksgiving groovy? I didn't even ask you that
1: you know what it was it it, it it's a pity that I didn't have. All my family over. It was just me, my brother, and uh, my parents. So it was small. good, though. You know, small, just a great dinner. We just ate all day, had some good wine, and everything like that. So it was, uh, it was really good. But uh, it's, it's not really the same. Uh, how was yours? Of course not. It was good.
0: Uh, no complaints. It was small, like yours. Uh, we didn't even have turkey. I know that was a little, it's a little controversial there. Um, but uh, yeah, no turkey. We had uh, we had a giant chicken instead, so that was good. <laughs> no, I'm tell- dude, this no, was a uh, this was a big fucking chicken. I'm, I, I don't even know. And my dad stuffed it with an omelet. So I, you gotta have an it. omelet. Yeah, yeah. Ah, he does this okay. special stuffed chicken. Like he'll debone the chicken and put an omelet inside of it. It's delicious. It came out fantastic. So yeah uh,
1: that's uh that's that's a first man um <laughs> i it's bet that i bet that was delicious because i mean I, i'll always trust your dad he's a good cook but um <laughs> yeah we didn't have we didn't have a turkey either and um, i'm not really big on turkey so nah, it, it we didn't really miss out on anything we had a pork roast instead and a bunch of uh little like tapas um Beautiful. so it was all all good man it was nah. a great uh great holiday
0: shit i haven't eaten dinner yet so now i'm now i'm getting hungry but Before we do the before I I start eating and you make me hungry again, Rui, should we talk some Champions League football? Can we get right into that? Yes, sir. All right. So let's just go over, let's get the big news out of the way. Okay. There are some teams that have already clinched their spot for the round of 16. Let's get those names out of the way. And those teams are Chelsea, Sevilla, Barcelona, Juventus, and Man City. So. and is any of those names really surprise
1: you, Rui? Uh, not really. Uh, th- those were pretty much the, the picks, uh, that I had, uh, going through. And also, uh, Bayern oh, Munich, Bayern. they're, they're automatically yeah, into the next round. So, yeah, just kind of like the, the, the normal teams, the status quo. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's still a lot to be played. There's a lot of competition in several of the groups. So, there's a lot to play, and uh, it's, it's going to go down to the wire.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's why we love the Champions League. So let's get into the games. Uh, so, despite having clinched their spot for the next round, Chelsea won this game. They did win against Wren two to one. But I got to ask you this question, Rui. I don't know if you saw any clips of the game. Wren looked really, really good, and for a majority of the game, they were bossing they were bossing Chelsea around. Uh, the second half, Timo Werner looked really out of place. We've mentioned time and time again, this is a team with so much talent, so much firepower going forward, but it took Oliver Giroud, of all people, a stoppage time goal from him to get them through to the next round. What's going on here? Any Any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, um, I I think uh, Chelsea are still a little bit away from maximizing their potential. You know, the whole hype, their whole uh, transfer window that they had this from this past summer, it was an excellent transfer window. But it's going to take a little bit of time for them to actually get to their top, top level. Um, this is the result that they wanted. This is the result that they needed. It was a tough it was a tough game for them. Not really their best, but there were periods in the match where they were able to turn things around and and play a little bit better. But it wasn't an all out consistent performance. I I think uh, w- the one thing with Chelsea, uh, I think their experience really really bailed them out. Look at Oliver Giroud just. A, a guy that just works so hard and it's he's been around the block for the longest time and he was there to bail out Chelsea and you look at Thiago Silva and Ngolo and Kanté right, right. Uh, they he came off the bench and actually had a pretty pretty good performance. I think Chelsea started turning things around once uh Ngolo Kanté entered the pitch. I think the experience was there and it's much needed uh for a team like Chelsea that it, that has so many fresh faces and so many young players already. So not the best overall performance, but it was a great result. And it's the result that they needed to get into the next round. So kudos to them. And I think by the time it's the knockout stages, I think we're going to see a, a different Chelsea. I think all the key players, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, you know, all these new acquisitions, we're going to see them finally gelling in with the team. And it'll be a different Chelsea side, not just in the Champions League, but also in the EPL where they're doing okay in the standings. You know, I think they're in third place.
0: You are right. They are in third place, so Frank Lampard has a little bit more work to do. We'll see. It 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 was especially weird to see Timo Werner just look so out of place at at points in the game. But uh, you, hey, kudos, like you said, kudos to them. They they made it to the next round, and uh, Sevilla also made it to the next round. They were both in the same group. I I know we mentioned that before, but let's move on to the next game that we wanted to talk about, and this is going to have you feeling really good Rui. Marseille 0, Porto 2. Both teams had red cards for this game. Any any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, uh not the most convincing uh win for Porto. Uh it is the result that they uh, that they needed. Now they have the uh the head to head over uh over Marseille. It's not even needed, but wasn't really the best game from them. I thought that they were Uh, outplayed in terms of possession. I think Marseille had a few opportunities of actually capitalizing, and Porto was uh, pretty fortunate to get get their first goal that was just sloppy defending on the the set piece, or a corner kick, if you would. And they were able to capitalize on that opportunity. They got a penalty uh, in the second half when they were already with only 10 men. So it it was the result that they needed. Sort of like Chelsea, not really convincing. Uh, not the normal Porto side that we saw. Definitely not the same Porto that we saw in the first matchup against Marseille, where they completely dominated on all aspects of the pitch. So, But it, it's it's the win that they needed. They they got it. They muscled through. And they're sitting six points ahead of Olympiacos. And they're going into the next match against Olympiacos. And just the point is all Porto is going to need to qualify to the knockout stages.
0: So are, are you feeling confident about, uh, about them going on to the next round, Rui? Really?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I I think Marseille is a, a much more tough team than Olympiacos. Even though Olympiacos actually beat Marseille and they're ahead of them in the in the standings, but I think. I feel pretty confident. I think Porto's going to have the edge. Uh, They have the better team. They have the experience in the Champions League. They usually do well in the group stage. I think in the last uh, two Champions League uh, tournaments, they've only lost once, and that was against Manchester City this year. Two years ago when they were in the group stage, they didn't lose a single game. They finished with 15 points or 16 points, I'm sorry. So I think Porto's going to pull through and and they're going to get to where they want to be.
0: Awesome, good news there for all the portistas out there. All right, let's move on to Group D. This is this is a a group that uh, I thought would have been totally settled by now, but I guess not. Uh, it's a really tight group. The premier fixture from this group was Liverpool versus Atalanta. Atalanta coming out with a huge W, beating them two to nothing. Rui. Really? No Joe Gomez, no Virgil van Dyke. Are Liverpool in trouble right now in this group?
1: Their uh, their defense uh, is has been an issue this year in the EPL. It's the same thing, even though they're sitting on top of a, uh, a top of the the table alongside Tottenham, but their defense is really just.
0: Black I know, I guess, stir.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, they've really uh, relied on their attack this season to bail them out and when their attack isn't there they need their defense to bail them out and they weren't there in this game and that's how Atalanta were able to um to sneak by uh liverpool but overall it, aside from liverpool's defense i think just the game in general for them was just not their night they were they were really um like almost clueless it seemed like there was just no fluidity on on or any any creativity, they didn't seem threatening whatsoever. So they they had a really tough night, and Atalanta scored two really, really good goals, especially the first one from Papu Gomez, his uh, cross to Yasip Ilicic, of course. And, um, you know, what a, what a response for him to get that goal because he's just been ice cold the last uh, several weeks. Right, right. Um, so for Atalanta, this is a huge win because if they didn't win this game, it would have been a huge uphill climb to to qualify to the knockout stages. Now this just opens up the entire group. Liverpool are sitting on top of the group with nine points, but Atalanta and Ajax are tied for second place in with seven points each. So it's very close here. Anything can really happen in this group, and that next match between Atalanta and Ajax is going to be massive, massive.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, I think the only team that we can count out is, is meet Elon, right? right (laughs) so yeah which ix beat three to one damn this this is this is going to be this is not a group of we didn't label this one a group of death by any by any stretch of the imagination but one of one of those stronger teams is going to be going to the europa league
1: uh yeah definitely and i think we would have thought going into this game we would have thought liverpool were going to uh, walk away with the win even without Virgil Van Dyke and Joe Gomez because they right. absolutely mopped Atalanta in the last game, five nothing, and but Liverpool for Christ's sake, you know and it they would have been into the knockout stages already, and it would have seemed very unlikely for Atalanta to uh, well not very unlikely it would have been very difficult for them to to qualify for the knockout stage so huge win for Atalanta. It should be a promising sign for them to beat a club like Liverpool. Given the fact that this season they've just been so up and down in yeah. steady, dropping points, they just Very true. drew to uh, Spezia, so uh, <laughs> right. it's not the same. Not the same Atalanta team that we've seen the last uh, eighteen months.
0: Incredibly, incredibly bizarre. Can I ask you which team you think is going to go through if you had to pick right now?
1: I I would love to see Ajax do it, but they still they are I'm not convincing. I don't think they're still. I don't think they're on the level of Atalanta, but then again, we've seen this inconsistency among Atalanta this season. So it's all really going it, to which going to really depend. It's going to depend on uh, which Atalanta side we're going to see. If Ajax continue to play well as they usually do, but they need to catch Atalanta on an off day or you know a subpar night, they need to. Yeah, right, that's that's what's gonna happen if if they're gonna go through, they need to catch Atalanta on an off night. Yeah, I think these. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Atalanta. I think they're just gonna pull. They're they're gonna eventually find their way this year and get back to where they usually are. Yeah, those head to
0: head records are probably gonna come in uh, in deep in this group. So we shall see. That'll be really interesting. But anyway, let's let's actually move up a couple of groups. We're going from Group D to Group B. The group of death and the first game that we're going to talk about from this one is inter zero real madrid two seems like it's going to be another early exit for inter milan Rui, huh are real madrid getting lucky in, in in this group or or is this all skill
1: I think I think in this matchup, it was all skill. I think the way that Real Madrid were playing in this game, they played it in the most simplest way that you can, but they were being so effective. They were opening up, um, really opening up Inter, Inter's uh, midfield. I, I felt that Arturo Vidal, the 36 minutes, he was on the pitch before he got sent off. <laughs> he was just completely getting beaten all over the place. Same with, uh, with uh, Barella as well. I think... I think um, Real Madrid played a, a fantastic game, and they could have went up early, early at least two or three nothing within the first twenty minutes. There was golden opportunities. Uh, I believe it was Fernandini that hit um, that hit the post, or Lucas Vasquez that hit the post early on. But Real Madrid, this was a, a really good performance, uh, given the fact that in the last game against uh, Inter, it was just a back and forth game where it could have been six to five. Yeah. This game, Real Madrid were much more disciplined, much more sharp, and they were able to play the game that they wanted to. And it seemed like Inter had to be chasing them all night long. And even if Arturo Vidal wasn't an idiot, I think they would have still been, (laughs) um, I think they would have 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 still uh, lost this game for sure. I think this was Real Madrid's night and it, it would have taken a very impressive Inter side to beat them.
0: That is that is very true. We should clarify that it wasn't because like oh Arturo slide tackled someone. No, he he got sent off because he yelled at the ref. So he was uh, he got two well, he, yellow cards very quickly.
1: Yeah, he uh, he protested because he one. was, hoping, yeah, he was, but it was all one after the other. Yeah. It was, uh, Inter were hoping to get a penalty and they didn't get it. And he kept protesting the referee and he wouldn't stop. And then the referee just gave him a, a second yellow and out the door. Just really really stupid and you would expect something more from a player like Arturo Vidal who's experience been in the Champions League uh, for a number of years throughout his entire career he's been playing there and that's the reason why Inter signed him and he's probably the reason why that they're not going to be going to the next round.
0: <laughs> uh, can I actually can we elaborate on that a little bit more Rui can I ask your opinion on you know, we might have I'm sure that we've gone over this before, but what is your opinion on giving those yellow cards for dissent? Do you, do you think that that is like well within the rights of of the referee to do stuff like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If the referee tells you to stop, then you, you stop. stop and you need to you need to respect the referee. At the end of the day, you're not going to overturn the, the decision. The decision's made and that's it. So it gets to the point. OK, you make your point. And then that's it. Don't yep, continue. Just leave the referee it. tells you to stop. You stop. Don't insult the referee because you're just going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt your team if you get sent off. And that's exactly what happened. I think just right after, I, I thought Real Madrid were doing really well early on. And I do believe that they were going to win regardless, but you just never know. And when you go down a man against a Real Madrid team that's playing so well, you know, that that's your history, your toast.
0: Right. I've actually I've heard people be like oh that you know the ref shouldn't do stuff like that but hey it's their field when you're on it you got to play yep. by the rules so yeah and let's uh we'll also elaborate a little bit more on group B uh Shakhtar got slapped by Mochengladbach 0-4 to uh so man really, is there is there anything we can say that we haven't yet said about I yep. I knew that we knew that they were a good team we knew that this was going to be a really difficult group, but did you ever see them actually actually coming out on top like this? Um, a lot of young players.
1: I I I did, yes, they do. A lot of young players and also a lot of um experienced players as well from the, in the Bundesliga. A lot of the majority of their players, you know, Lars Stint, Marcus Turam, Alassane Plie, uh those are three really good players and they've been in the German league for quite some time now, especially Alassane Plie and Lars Stint. Marcus Turam is a young player, but he's been doing really well. Last season he had a great season in the Bundesliga and I feel like that this team is just growing, and this was a team that is not as great or as big as Inter or Real Madrid, but this is a team that can hang with these boys, and if they play their game, they can frustrate you. And they're well disciplined, they're well organized, and they play a really good game. So you catch them on a you, you catch them on a good night, it's it's going to be tough to get around them. And Inter, when they went up against them, they were very fortunate. And same with Real Madrid, I thought it was just these mental lapses that costed Mönchengladbach Gladbach wins. Instead, they had to settle for draws against both these teams. They could be very well sitting atop with with twelve points right now, but they don't. But they're in first place. They deserve it. They're the most consistent, and they be, and they played the best uh, football out of everyone in this group. So they deserve to be up uh, up there right now,
0: coming out of the group of death. So that is awesome. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep our eye on the Champions League. Uh, I forget when the next the next matches come up, but we got you covered. Anyway, let's move on to some really awesome weekend fixtures that are going to be coming up. First off, let's talk about La Liga. We have Villarreal versus Real Sociedad. This is going to be a super juicy match because Real Sociedad's in first, and Villarreal is in third place. Rui. Anything we should know about this game?
1: It's, um, <laughs> well, Real Sociedad is, the, you know, we met, we touched up on them on the last episode. They've been we playing uh, sensational football. Same with uh, Villarreal. They've been playing really well this year. And, you know, Gerardo Moreno has been playing really well. Pau Torres and Raul Albiol. Jesus, former Napoli player. Yeah, we all thought that he fell off the face of the earth, not really. Uh he's been playing really well, especially for his age. Villarreal have been playing some great football, better than Barcelona, better than Real Madrid <laughs> at the moment, but uh we're going to see where this, it, it, you know, it's a big match. We're going to see how both teams are going to go from here on out because if we were to go by history, it's always the top three teams: Atletico, Real Madrid, Barcelona, in the top three, and then you, there's always this, I guess, battle for this fourth place team, and Real Sociedad and Villarreal. This could be a big match in case if anything ever happens where they end up falling off, and the right. other big three teams right. start gaining ground and you know getting back to their to their normal ways this match can be very crucial for the future of this season. That could be a game that could cost them the fourth place spot in the long run.
0: That is very true. We're all, we're coming up on, uh, on the halfway mark for the season at least. And yep. uh, this could have huge ramifications going into the, into the winter break uh, disrupt the entire balance, if you will, of La Liga. Um this is it will it'll be huge. Whoever whoever eventually whoever wins this game, or if it even if it's a draw, this will certainly be interesting to see how La Liga plays out from this yeah. game on. So it's,
1: especially for Real Sociedad. They yeah, win this especially game. Especially for them. It this is a game that they need to win. Um, it's Bain that
0: three point gap over over at Letico right now. Yeah.
1: And Atletico still have two games to play, so uh, they're going to hope that when they have to play those two extra games – that they would drop uh Real Sociedad's going to hope that uh, Atletico would drop at least one of those games so they can maintain that first place but th- this whole this whole story this whole performance that we've been seeing with Real Sociedad this season it's it's absolutely sensational and um I think I think it's going to come down to either Real Sociedad or uh, Atletico Madrid to take La Liga this year. I don't know if it's going to be a tight race or neck to neck race between both of them. But I have this feeling that it's going to be one or the other winning. I think Real Madrid and Barcelona don't have enough to do it.
0: Yeah, that's and that's we should talk about how huge that is. But maybe that's a that's an episode for another time. That's a that would be amazing to to see. So let's uh let's go on to the EPL. The big match. For this league, at least in in our collective opinion is Tottenham versus Chelsea Um, Tottenham currently sitting pretty at the top of the EPL. Never thought I'd say that. And uh, Chelsea sitting in third place. Rui, what should we know about this game?
1: It's the uh the Derby of Mourinho for sure. <laughs> that, uh, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Derby du Mourinho.
1: Derby du Mourinho. Very well said, Joe. But yeah, the Tottenham, they've been getting the results. They got a huge, huge win against Manchester City last weekend in the most Mourinho uh fashion, playing really hard nose defending and just taking advantage of that counter attack and they played they played really well man city had a lot a lot like about 66% of the uh, the ball possession in that match but they weren't able to do anything with it really really frustrating the manchester uh, city um uh, attack that tottenham was just the tottenham's defense was just superb the the midfield as well pressing and just constantly frustrating the midfield from Manchester City and the attack as well so nothing was really able to fly and Tyneham got the crucial win they got the result and they're doing pretty well in the in in the Europa League so I don't know I think uh I think this game I'm just going to go with the with Moody news boys uh Tynham, oh, yeah. I think they're going to have uh, the win I think Chelsea on their day when they do find their When they find their way and they get their consistency going and they're playing at their absolute maximum level, I think Chelsea's a much better team than Tottenham. But Chelsea aren't there yet. It's going to take a little bit more time, as I mentioned, but um, I think Tottenham are going to walk away with this one. But if Chelsea are able to sneak this win out, I think think this is a a, a huge sign and a huge win for for Chelsea.
0: We shall see who comes out on top in that one. And... We have a we have another derby. This is another big another big derby weekend. This is the Derby del Sud and that is Napoli versus Roma in Serie A. Rui what should we know about this game going into it? I I feel like there's a there's a lot going on in Serie A lately.
1: Yeah, a lot at stake for Napoli. They they need to win this game. They suffered a tough loss against uh Milan where I thought that they played Pretty well, they did, uh, I think Elon just made most of their opportunities. they took advantage of uh the chances that they got. They capitalized on the mistakes that Napoli made, and the other way around like I mean Napoli played well, but they weren't able to capitalize. they weren't able to take advantage of the mistakes. It was just. It was Milan's night, it wasn't Napoli's night, but sometimes that's just the way football is. So this is going to be a huge, huge, huge match for Napoli. They do want to gain ground on the Scudetto race, or at least on top four. And what other way than to go up against Roma, they're arguably their biggest rival in, uh, in Serie A, so... Uh, Roma right now are in great great form Uh, I think they're exceeding all of our expectations
0: seriously they are (laughs) Uh, and
1: and they're playing really really good football so I think this is going to be a tough tough match I think it might end in a draw that's my prediction
0: it's this is going to be a particularly let me see let me try that again particularly meaningful match for Napoli especially because of the passing of Diego Maradona um it's going to be it's they're playing at home like this this is going to be a huge huge match um i can only imagine what it would be like if if fans were going to be allowed in the stadium uh that would and it would be an a- absolute Sight to see, I'll put it that way. It'll be it. It would be amazing. But speak. Let's uh. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Maradona. Sorry to to kind of end this show on a on a somber note, but um, it just took it took everyone by surprise. You know, we we all know that that day is going to come for for all of us at some point. But sixty years old, Diego Maradona passed away at the age of sixty. And that's really, really young. I figured that we would have seen him at another World Cup at least. Um, but, man, what, what a career that this guy had and what, what he meant for the game. I, I don't think we're ever going to see a player like him ever again in football. Really, what's, what, what are your thoughts about, about Maradona?
1: Yeah, it's arguably the greatest player of all time. Uh, One of the most uh, flamboyant and good um, word, influential, inspirational, all types of all types of things. Uh, Maradona is football. I don't know. I don't know of a single duo better than a football itself and Diego Maradona's left foot. Uh, It's just the game itself, the football was always meant to be by his side on his foot. And we we, we've seen it, you know, his impact with Napoli, his impact with Barcelona, Boca Juniors, you know, he was a sensational footballer and he just meant so much, uh, especially for the people of, uh, of Napoli, you know, the, the, the career that he had there, Bringing two scudetos and also uh, an Europa League title to to Napoli is just it, it was like the greatest it was the greatest period by far for for the Napolitanos.
0: It really yeah. was, yeah.
1: It gave Napoli the best moments ever in football, and he's truly, arguably, the greatest player. And he was just a motivation and an inspiration to to so many players around the world that anyone from anywhere can be the greatest or one of the greatest footballers regardless of where you come from what your financial means are whatever it is you know the he he's just a he was just a kid from a poor area in in rosario and he became the most influential athlete in um in the city of naples and one of the greatest players that we've ever seen so it, it's a huge, a huge loss for for football in general, especially for the uh, for the the people of Napoli, the people of uh, of Argentina as well. You know, yeah. it, he was just an incredible, incredible player and just just so inspirational.
0: Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite Maradona moment <laughs>
1: from like his entire career? Oof. Uh I believe it was his last match at Barcelona. There was just like a a whole riot on the pitch, right? That was his yeah, last match. Yeah, yeah it was.
0: <laughs> yep. Um you you uh, could see he was like punching and kicking people dude. Yeah, Yeah, yep. Uh um, awesome. I believe
1: that. Yeah, I believe that was his last match. That's always one thing that we'll always remember. But definitely the hand of God goal against England in the semifinals in 86 and then the goal that followed that which was arguably the greatest, the greatest, goal, of time, the greatest goal of all time. goal of all time. He, he dribbled the entire pitch, and
0: that's what I was going to say. He there's, so many, it, there's so
1: many moments, so many moments from him. He was just an incredible player. You, you look at his highlights just in Serie A alone; it's just incredible. It, it seemed like it just wasn't even fair, and it, this was a team. <laughs> he was on the team where, at times. He was basically the one that was carrying Napoli he until was. He, until absolutely. a couple of years until a couple of years after at um uh at being at Napoli he was able to get a much better squad a much better cast and that's when they were extremely dominant so um but yeah what a, what an incredible player and it, it's just sad and you know he he's a you know like I said he's a flamboyant character who had his demons. And it was really sad what 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 became Diego Maradona after yeah. his uh his, his football career. But he he it, was a hu- he's he, human.
0: He's human. He's human. He's human, of course. But
1: and and there's a lot of things that a lot of us, the majority of us, won't condone that he's done. But what he's done and what he's meant to millions and millions of people. And it's not just bringing home glory or bringing home trophies for the team that he played for. It's just giving young kids or people in general, regardless where you are from, whatever your financial means are, whatever it is, you can be something great. That's what a lot of people can look at. Diego. Uh, that's how they can look at Diego Merendona um, instead of just you know just the negativity that that he had that he
0: had yeah for sure i encourage everyone to watch that documentary from hbo about diego maradona there was one part in it that really did stick out to me and that was they were showing a really old video clip of him when he was a kid just playing with the same spirit that he that he had in that iconic warm-up video before the the UEFA Cup final that he yes. played, you know the one I'm talking about. Everyone yes. knows it. Where he just looked so in his element, and you hear his voice going over the over that that video track, and he's saying, "When you get on the pitch, all your problems go away. You don't think about anything else. You're just out there, you and the ball having fun." And that that was it. And I think that that pretty much summed up what Maradona meant and showed to everybody who watched him. So Grazie Maradona. It it really is it's a it was really shocking and it it sucks. It sucks to lose one of the icons of the game. But really that's all that I have for this episode. Anything that you wanna add?
1: No man that's it. Uh looking forward to this weekend.
0: This is going to be, it'll be a good weekend.
1: A a lot of great matchups uh, to look forward to a lot. You know, as we mentioned, there's a lot, a, a lot at stake. It won't set everything in stone, but I think a lot of the big teams sitting atop of these leagues, whether the result that they get can change the trajectory of their season. So must needed wins for a lot of these teams. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great, great weekend.
0: And we hope that you guys will be watching. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Actually, we also we didn't we didn't even wish anyone a happy Thanksgiving, even though it was it was yesterday. But uh, a happy belated Thanksgiving. We're incredibly thankful for all of our listeners, all the Twitter questions that we've got in the past, and all the ones that we're gonna get in the future. Uh, and we're thankful for all of you guys. Really, really, it it means a lot to us for you guys to keep listening and. Have us keep doing this. Um, But if you guys liked what you heard, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a thumbs up, a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And if you wouldn't mind, also follow us on our Twitter page at RCR underscore podcast. Give us a message, send us a question. We guarantee you we'll get to it at some point. And as always, we will see you next time.